Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 330. You know, I didn't think of the joke. One second. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, hello, Albert. <laughs> hey, Julius, how's it going? I suppose my considerations fell through on that one. We have a really difficult topic to cover today, and I put all my thoughts and attention to We do, I think, yes. Yeah. Takes a lot of higher <laughs> brain power to compute all those complicated calculations. So today we are, it's episode 330. That means it's a, uh, what you call it, a popular mechanic. This one may not be popular. This is Mathy Games. I don't, I think it is popular. I think it's just secretly popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you I go, suppose, secretly, yes. Cause, yeah. Depending potentially on, on your interpretation of why it's popular. Yeah, I, you know, so, so, so to fill folks in, whenever we do the popular mechanics episode, we pick some sort of mechanic or theme and talk about games that, that fit that category, you know, solo games that might be interesting to consider if you find that topic interesting. I don't know about you, Julius, but boy, I struggled with this one. I I mean, first let's talk about what it is and maybe that will help explain why I didn't struggle nearly as much with it. Okay. When we say mathy games, I'm not talking about where it's like math minute where everyone's sitting around and has a sheet of 60 math questions and it's a race to see who can get them done first. That's that's not the point, I think, <laughs> of when we say mathy games. To me, a mathy game is a game where you are constantly having to compute the point differences for all of your different actions while you're doing the game. Like say I'll sit down and be like, this one could give me six points, but if I go here, I'll get five that I can access it by doing an extra this and that to get maybe an extra two points this way. And so you're each time you'll have a set of actions you can take and they sort of devolve into the points that they give you. And then you have to figure out which one of them can give you the most points. So it's when you're doing a lot of math over the course of the game to optimize your score. That's what I consider a mathy game. Does that match your definition? That does. That is kind of what I ended up trying to go with. Also games that had a lot of math in it where, where you feel like at the end, like you spent a lot of time doing math and working on it. I also tried to take the angle of games about math and that was harder. Games about math. I kind of feel yes. like that should be a dedicated topic. No, I don't think we could get enough games. Here, uh, here, I'll tell you the ones I had. I came up with three. Number nine, which we've talked about a few times because it's about numbers and you're stacking numbers. Sure. Uh, Numsters, which is a game about, again, about the numbers and eight is eating all the other numbers between one and, I guess, 15. This is a, um, a bun-shy game, so it's 18-card micro game. And you need to get get all the numbers in in the right order. You're not really doing math, but it's about numbers, so it's a mathy game. And then the other one I came up with was Newton, which is about a famous, I think he's a mathematician. He's a scientist, and there's math in it. And I know some of the uh, characters you could find are mathematicians. But I'm shocked that you didn't include Ada Lovelace. I, I would have saved that one for you. Yes, I, I would have included it, but I was going to save it for you, so. Yeah, Ada Lovelace definitely needs a part of that. I feel like one of the genius games would fit, but I can't think of one right now because I feel like they have all sorts of those type of games. But I feel like we could definitely find some. But I didn't put enough thought to it in advance of this. So, I mean, I tried to to take different approaches. I I also spent some time, my son and I went out to dinner tonight, and we were talking about mathy games and what makes a game mathy. 
um, what what constitutes math games. And I think we we generally came up with the same definition as you did. A lot of calculations, but you know, we're talking what what is a are there games that actually have a lot of math in it? Different types of math, and pretty much all I could come with, up with is addition and subtraction. There aren't many games with complex math. Sometimes you're doing squaring, like in scoring and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but that's about the extent of it. Are there any games that use uh, like higher math? Like one thing I can think of, how about parabolas and like say algebra two and calculus and that sort of thing. I mean, I think there are games that require some squaring in order to be able to compute like yeah. certain points will give you additional ones or like. But even then, like games that have the squaring where like, you know, if you have one of this, you get one point per card of each of these cards you have. So you basically square the number of cards to get your score. But even then, that's not a whole lot of math, and it's just multiplication. Scoring is just yeah. multiplication with a fancy name. I think a more common one I see is normally factorials. Like in transmissions, when with the pipes, for each each pipe out that you do is worth that many points. Like your first pipe out from yep. the center is worth one, then the next one is two, and then the next one is three. And so you have it's essentially mm-hmm. three factorial is your total. So I think that's a very common point scheme. That's it, yeah, that. I didn't think of that one. That's true. That is That does show up a lot in, in games. But none of that is what I was referring to. No? Okay. And another thought I had is pretty much any game that isn't entirely unrandom is going to have math in it. Right? Because then you got probabilities. And once you, probabilities are just another form of math. So, so every single game pretty much that we're ever talking about is a mathy game. But most of them don't feel mathy. I think like what you said at the beginning, games have to have a lot of math in them, constantly adding up every every turn. You're 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 presented with new choices. Now you need to calculate which is the best move based on your new choices to keep that score going. And I guess all these games are going to have scoring in them, aren't they? I doubt we're going to see mathy games that don't have a high score sort of thing at the end. Probably. But why don't we jump straight into what our uh, our thoughts were? Shall we pick a random number and see who goes first? <laughs> okay, let's do that. Jeez. All right, Albert. I'm going to roll highs as you, lows as me. I rolled a six. You get to go first. Okay. It was a D20? No, it was a, it was D6. a D6. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt like what... that was substantially mathy. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I do appreciate it. And I don't know why I thought it was a D20 because six would have been low in that case. Anyway, so the first game I came up with of what you're describing is Sprawlopolis. It's a Bud and Shy game. And most of the games I came up with are small. In that game, you are. You have 18 cards and at the beginning of the game. You're going to pick three randomly. And at the back, they're going to have rules for scoring, telling you how you're going to score the game. And after that, you're laying out tiles, the rest of the cards, every turn, overlapping them uh, to cover up and reveal different kinds of different regions. And all all the scoring cards, every single card is different. And they have rules like, oh, um, and I'm making these up so they may not be accurate. But like you get one one point per connected yellow tile or all the tiles of that are green on across a row will score three points. So so, so you're looking for the row that has the most or, or diagonals of something or whatever. They're all entirely different. And so each turn you're now thinking about, if I place this card, what is the best score I could get by, place, by where I place this card? So you're looking for that. And also at the same time, predicting what might come up ahead. So not only you're calculating how to place them for the most optimal score, so they could hopefully score you for multiple of, of the scorecards. But you're also trying to predict, you know, what, what may come up and when sort of thing, I guess, and, and calculating your scores and whatnot. So there's a lot of math in that. Simple math. And each time you draw a card, 
and now it kind of changes your calculation of what you got, what you're working with. I think, yeah, I think, and I think that's a nice simple example. Um, very easy to play, very fast, and not a math in it. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was the general idea I had. Of, I, I think that's the most generic type of math game I was including. For me, what I felt was the most generic, and which was my first uh, first suggestion, is Castles of Burgundy. But really, it's almost any point salad type game where every action gives mm-hmm. you points, and you can get a whole bunch of points by doing this, or you can get a whole bunch of points by doing this, and everything gives you yet another method of getting points. And when you get, you know, you pull together all these points and you get all these things and Every time you're taking an action, you have to sit there and think about it. Castle Burgundy is no exception. And Castles of Burgundy, you have your big tableau board, and you're going to be drafting tiles from the center board that represent different features and landscapes. So, for example, you can have you know a, a castle, or you can have a monastery, or you can have a, or you can have a, uh, or you can have knowledge points or animals or worker tiles or all sorts of different things and each time you have to sit and think well what is the most optimally giving me points is it do i invest in some more knowledge tiles or do i want to finish a section quickly there's a certain amount of push and pull because it's not pure math because you are rolling dice every time but every action you take you sort of want to think well how can i increase everything it is that i'm doing and so that's the sort of track and tactic that you want to be putting into it and to me, that is the math type, mathy games that we're talking about when optimally you're going to want to be calculating your points in these things, especially as it gets it close to the end of the game. Um, I think I find those games more enjoyable solitaire than I do multiplayer, because often I'm doing solitaire, I want to sit and calculate all that out. But then there's a certain amount of mm-hmm. analysis paralysis that's going to slow down the game for the people and make it less enjoyable, so I'm more hesitant to do so. When I'm playing up by myself, I get to indulge in all that math and really sit there and fine-tune what should be, what must be the most optimal method of selecting my game. So that's that's why it is that that's my first pick for a mathy game. Are games with analysis paralysis always because they're mathy? I, d- I don't think so. I think don't think it has to be that it's tied to that because sometimes you have to sit and think about the ramification of your action, even if it's not a point-based game. So, for example, I'm thinking of Kingdom Rush, when you want to sit there and think, well, do I have other options? I have multiple ones. Which one will progress me towards an endgame goal? It has to be that it's a game that has an endgame, that has something you're progressing towards, but it has to be something that devolves into points for it to be mathy. Gotcha, yeah. So in Kingdom Rush, you're not necessarily trying to calculate the the best move for points. You might be calculating the best move to to do the most damage and in a way that's math but but not yeah not quite i see what you're yeah. saying okay huh so that yeah that's that's a good choice basically a lot of these point salad games all all work another game i came up with, you know while we talk about these i think it'd be interesting to think about input randomness versus output randomness does one lead to game being more mathy than the other mm, could be could be oh, right and so those terms are stuff I always have trouble with and I always have to look them up because I forget what they are. Input randomness means that... That there's a decision to make before Something yeah, random that's... happens. No. So the, the, the randomness happens and then you make a decision. So so a bu- like you shuffle a bunch of cards and put them out on the table 
And now you make a choice with information available. Um, output randomness is you decide what to do, where you're going to attack, and then you roll some dice to see how successful your attack was. So, so you with input randomness, you know what your action is going to result with exactly. With output randomness, you don't. And, and so, so I would think input randomness should feel more mathy because you could calculate everything exactly. With output randomness, you're you're kind of leaving things up to chance. And maybe it's just the way again, but I think I would be less worried about figuring out the, the best choices in that scenario. Though you are yeah. in, internally in your mind, you're doing statistics at your point, right? Figuring out the best probabilities with the dice rolls. I think so. I think when you're doing it in advance, you have to have really input randomness to be able to have those kind of decisions be meaningful. If it's output randomness, you don't do any of the math solutions. You don't have to think about it in advance. There's not that calculation that's required. I don't, I don't know. So like if you're playing a war game and you have three or four different choices of war to attack, and if I attack in this space with my troops, you know, I'm defending against a certain or attacking a certain kind of troops. I, the calculation is different for what the what defense abilities they have and the train and all that. And then on top of that, I'm doing a die roll. Maybe the die roll is different depending on where I'm attacking. So so there's a lot of math involved in there. I suppose you're right, mm-hmm. because one of the games that I did reject from my list was Arkham Horror, the card game, which also kind of has a lot of math. Mm. Every time you're taking a turn on Arkham Horror, you're often having to calculate your basic skill and contesting against some other skill-based things, like a shroud to determine intellect or a fight value against your combat. And so you're determining what your strength is, and often you'll commit cards and different options to try and increase your strength and your skill. But those are a limited resource. You have a limited amount. So you want to know the statistics, know how likely you are to win, know how likely you are to lose, when you need to push it, when you don't. And that requires doing the statistics for the chaos bag, which is just a bag full of random numeric tokens like minus two or minus four mm-hmm. or zero. And so you have to know the statistics for those. You have to know when it's going to be likely and when it's not going to be. So you have to be thinking about that the whole time. The reason why I did, to a certain degree, take that off my list, which is why I think output randomness is probably less mathy, is because quite often when you're doing an output randomness, you just sort of like figure out in advance what statistics need to be. Like for Arkham, when you play on standard, just generally plus two is fine. Later on, maybe plus three is fine. But you'll know a general idea what it is, and you're not having to do that math over and over and over again, as opposed to input randomness or, or a point style game where you are, I feel like, having that math occur over and over again. So with the output, with the output randomness, you're not calculating the math every time. You're not actually doing the math. You're sort of guesstimating the math. Yeah, it sounds like. I think yeah, so. you, you're doing rough estimates. Yeah, yeah, okay. That that does make sense. So so the second game I'm going to mention is, and actually it's not the entire game, but only the last part of the game is Friday. Uh, Friedman Freeze mm. game, solitaire game. It's deck building, right? That does have a lot of randoms throughout the game as you're playing and. And you're playing cards, trying to reach a certain target score, and, and you're making choices. You know, and some push your luck, and they're like, "Do I play more cards trying to win it, or do I just let it go and lose it?" But once you get to the end, and that doesn't feel terribly mathy, though you're doing math the whole time. Once you get to that boss fight at the end with a pirate, you're doing a lot of math and thinking about, okay, which cards do I play in which order, trying to get the best optimal thing. You know, like, and it's been a couple of years since I played it now, so I may have some of the concepts wrong, but like. Do you play a card to add first and then play another card to delete a bad effect and then draw more cards? Or do I want to draw more first so that I can prove the multiplication point when that card comes out and whatnot? So so you're doing a lot of math in that game. 
trying to to raise your score pretty high because you got to do like forty points of damage at the end, right? In a single in a single fight, which can be pretty hard when your cards. I think the biggest card was like five or seven points or something like that that it could do by itself. Yeah, you, you and you can have whole piles of ones there. Yeah, <laughs> that game I found. It's funny, and it has a lot of get math at the end, and I didn't enjoy the game because of that, because it was just a whole lot of math and too many cards. I found that frustrating, in fact. And I would think I would normally like mathy things, but this is a case where I didn't. Too much at the end. And only at the end. That's the part that's interesting about this. You only get it at the end, but you sure get a lot of it. You do. You have to really <laughs> sit there and figure it all out at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that would have been my second one. I was going to say another Friedman Freeze game, Fire, but I won't. <laughs> just my way of cheating well i really think that that was a really good pull um my one i feel like was less intuitive it's cartographers cartographers is a, a random and right type game where you are taking a card at random um, from a shuffled up deck and it's going to reveal a type of landscape icon and shapes for it and then you'll have a map piece of paper that you then have to copy over that uh, depiction, that map and landscape type, somewhere on the map that you're making. And you'll have four different goals over the course of the game, and you'll want to be putting those different pieces on the map to work towards those various goals. And the various goals will be triggering at different points in the game. So each goal will trigger twice, but at different rounds. So as you're putting something on, you want to be thinking about which goal it is that you're advancing, how it is that you're doing, whether or not it's advancing the points. The reason why I'm perhaps pulled away a bit from this one, similar to the other one, is although it does have that math and does have that element, I actually don't think it's even as good as your idea for um, for Friday, because with this one, again, you sort of create... it's It has output randomness. It has, excuse me, input randomness, so you are having to send do that math, but quite often, until it's like the very last turn or something like that, you're very much just sort of generalizing and working towards a general idea, knowing that, hey, I know I want to have like my fields over here, or I want to have the mountains full, or I want to deal with the enemies here. And you sort of create a general idea of what you're doing. It's supposed to actually like calculate in the math. So I'm not quite sure that... Mm-hmm. It is, but it felt mathy to me, and it feels mathy when I play the game, and so I wanted to throw it in there as another option. It makes sense, I think, because as you're playing, you're trying to figure out where where do I place this feature, and you're trying to figure out how to you know so that it maximizes my score. And you're you're looking at the rules and saying I could you know I could put it over here and it gets me seven points, and I could put it over here and it gets me three points. So the seven's better, but then if I have it in the three side, there's potential to grow it more later or, or whatever. You and you do end up thinking about the math there too. So I want to try to redeem myself by just jumping straight into my third one and going Go for it. going before Albert for the last one. Because I, I really I this one struck me as mathy, even though it doesn't have numbers. Not all okay. math, in my opinion, has to be you know, one plus one and these sorts of things. I would think that a logic puzzle is also very much a piece of math. It is a complex set of equations just using variables and you know equivalent fractions and ideas like that and, and statistics to plug it all and reach a solution. So for that reason, I threw search for planet X as my third one. This very much a logic puzzle to me feels like math. That could be, 
because quite often my approach to math is logic puzzles. One of the things I very much <laughs> enjoyed in high school was advanced variables, advanced algebra, trying to put together like even a solve for X type thing for some of these more complicated ones mm -hmm. or, or math proofs and theory, theoretical proofs and things like that. All those things felt like logic puzzles. And so it sort of clicks into the same brain space for me when you're having the same sort of thing. So it feels mathy, even though it doesn't have numbers, it has all variables when you're trying to determine, well, which one could it be or, or isolating different opportunities or plugging in like, if this is this, then this has to be this. And all of those essentially those complex if-thens feels to me very mathy without using actual structured rigid math. So I wanted to throw that yeah, in well, as my third option. I think it fits. Actually, the b b binary logic is a, a field of math also. And I think you are doing binary logic in this. But there you go. So yeah, so that, that would count. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good idea. I like that. And it is different than the other games. One, my third game that I came up with is, is, is math again, but it doesn't feel like it so much, but you're definitely doing math in here. Is, and it's more of a generic game. You could definitely play it solo. You could play multiplayer. It's more of an activity than a game if you're doing it solo. So, so maybe I'm cheating here. Would be vector racing, like vector race, um, where you basically get a graph paper, you draw a racetrack on it, you know, just a big outer line for the outside of the track and another one inside it. And then you're racing within those two lines around the paper. And the way it works, you start at the, the beginning and each turn you could accelerate in one direction, forward, left, right, or back. And the whole game is done by just using a pencil, drawing where your car starts and each turn, you know, if I accelerate one heading north, the next turn, from then on, I'm moving one north every turn. If the second turn, I could accelerate one north again. I have now started going two every turn. And so you, you start going that way and you speed up. And then at some point, you need to change your, your acceleration, probably slow down by accelerating south. And maybe if you need to make a right turn, you're also going to start accelerating east. So, so you're doing math in here and drawing all these vectors. And, and math and vectors is all mathy stuff so so that counts it's kind of fun as an activity it's not something you can play a lot solo i'll admit it but but it definitely has math and it's it's an interesting way to look at it it's actually pretty cool to try it once in a while um and because you could just draw it in a piece of paper you could make tracks entirely different each time and that kind of changes how you play so that that's what i'm going to pick for my third one it's a um, it's a weird cat and i could have come up with some others but i think most of the other stuff i had thought of all felt very similar, like to uh, Sprawlopolis, yeah, or cartography, where you have the rules and you're trying to figure out the score each turn as you as you draw the new card. A lot of these games where everybody reveal where a card is revealed and everybody has to figure out where to place it on their board or draw it are all the similar type of mathy things, I think. And so I didn't yeah. want to keep listing more of those. Yeah, I didn't I, think. I, I think th this is a good talk because this heads in a different direction, similar to what yeah. I was saying. I like that we're able to to have there's new ideas on it. I think that's a very cool thing. I, I did have a couple other thoughts I didn't really explore. Um, escape room games, they tend to have math puzzles in them often. Uh, is that called a mathy game just because it might have a slight math puzzle? <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, it's, it's an interesting uh, area to explore. I think I think a bunch of them do have math. And if you like math, I think escape room games are probably something you can enjoy. Because um, you're dealing with, a lot of times you're dealing with math and logic. And we've already decided logic is included in the category. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hoisted on my own petard, I suppose. <laughs> so 
So I thought, I mean, so I think those, if you like math, I think those might be an interesting idea to look at too. And definitely soloable. But like I said, I didn't really give it too much thought. This, this came up during dinner conversation also. Oh, and how about dexterity games? Do they involve math? Are you kidding? No. I mean, are you, you're thinking about the amount of force you're hitting and the direction and all that. Are you doing math in your head very much when you're doing this, when you're playing that? The only solo one I can think of offhand is flip ships, which someday we'll talk about. Where you, it's basically space invaders, and you're trying to hit the mothership by flipping your spaceship into the mothership to do damage to it, and you got to hit it multiple times. So you're you're flipping the thing, you're trying to hit the right angle, the right force, and all that stuff. So it makes a parabola. Well, these are very mathy words. <laughs> are are yeah, dexterity I games math I games? Don't think are that. you doing math? I, I mean, there, there's math obviously, but are you doing math? Would you consider it doing math? Uh, or is it more like the, the way you talked about uh, games with dice where you're doing the math in your head, really not not thinking about it, just, I don't know, just just knowing the math without thinking about the math? No. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it any better. I think you're pushing it a little bit too far. And well, I think that's, yeah. I think that's time for us to get out of here before you start pushing us <laughs> up on the cliffs. I, I, want, I want just to, to throw the idea out there and let people think about it. I would love to know what people think about Matthew Games and see what, what disagreements or suggestions or ideas they have. Because I really did find this hard to, to get good answers for. I, I, I also wonder if there are people out there like, what? I've been doing math in my games all this time. I hate math. Now I don't want to play games. <laughs> I hate games now. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. <laughs> Indeed. All right, then. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Hopefully we'll hear from you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.